The following is not legal advice coming from an attorney. Nothing more than a father speaking from his own experience. Should you need actual legal advice, contact an attorney. It's time for another episode of The Father's Truth. The show where real men band together, stand up for father's rights, and bring the father's truth out of the darkness, out of the darkness, and in to the light. Giving fathers a voice everywhere. A broadcast brought to you by the Father's Lives Matter Network. Here's your host, Alan Donovan. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is Friday night, and it is time for another episode of The Father's Truth. I hope everybody saw last night's episode. It was absolutely freaking bonkers. <laughs> One of the craziest episodes I've ever done, and that story is not done. Okay? I hope you guys saw the video I posted earlier talking about the other two victims that stepped forward. So that is developing. I'll have more updates for that as soon as I know what's going on. But tonight... We're going to go a little different route tonight. Usually, it's fathers that I have on talking about things. Tonight, we have a female on. Actually, Mary is coming on to join us. She grew up as an alienated child. Okay, And so she lived the life that a lot of us as fathers, our kids live those lives. So we're going to hear what it's like from her perspective. And as a plot twist, she is actually dating a man who is an alienated father as well. So she's kind of seen it from both sides. So let's go ahead and get her in here without further ado. Hope everybody's going to have a good weekend. So we're just waiting on Mary to go here. All right. There is Mary. Mary, hey. how are you doing? How are you? I'm good. How's everyone? Well, I am doing great. Thank you for coming on The Father's Truth. I appreciate you very much. I appreciate everything that you do, actually. Awesome. Well, I'm honored to be able to give fathers a voice and yourself a voice and get these stories out because they deserve to be heard. These guys deserve to have their stories heard. Most definitely. Um. As you said, I grew up as an alienated uh, child. Um, growing up, I was told that my stepdad was actually my biological father. He's the one that I believe to be my dad. Um, I had my grandparents obviously there as well, but I didn't find out who my biological dad until I was 11 or 12, both my sister and I. Um, it was devastating, obviously, as you can mm -hmm. imagine. I was told my whole life that the man that I was calling dad was my dad. Um, and then when I finally found out, believe it or not, it was because my sister and I uh, picked up the mail and we saw a check from DCF or from child support. So you saw the child support check. Yes, uh, we saw a child support check. And that's how I found out. Uh, my sister and I were like, well, why is mom getting a check for us? Because it actually had our names on it. And... My sister and I were like, well, that's weird. We opened it up and it had somebody else's last name. My last name is, it starts with a V Velasquez. That person's name was on there. His first name was Jose. And, it, and then it just started like us digging, me more than my sister. Um, so I started digging, digging. I found photographs of my real dad, my biological dad and my mom when they got married. Uh, then later I found out that they were actually high school sweethearts. 
my mom and him lived in the same building in New York. Uh, they went to the same schools. He actually was in the military. Uh, actually, he saved my, my uncle's life, who was a, a Navy SEAL, also in the military, also was alienated from his kids. So there, more more of that later. Um, but yeah, when then we finally had, I, I don't know if it was myself or my sister, the one that actually had the courage to go up to my mom and ask. I think it was more my sister, if I recall, that she said, where are this, where is this money coming from? How old were you guys at this point? Um, I was 12 and she was 11. So you were still, uh, we're, still really young. Yes. And that's, that's pretty young to be having that dropped in your lap. All of a sudden you discover that the man that you sought was your father. Turns out is not. Right. And I was an honor roll student at that time. So my grades went down. I started doing really bad in school. Um, I felt that I didn't belong to this particular family because my mom and him also had a child. Um, so I started realizing the difference of him, how he treated me and my other sister versus how he treated our little sister, if that makes sense. It does. So going by what you're saying, so I'm, I'm guessing that he probably treated your stepsister better than well, he my, treated you guys. Yeah, my half-sister. Yeah. Um, because she was... Uh, or half-sister, yes, mother, not stepsister. Yeah. yeah. My mother and him. So he definitely treated her a lot better. Um, a lot more was... Everything was about her. She was also born on Christmas Day. So it was um, very, very difficult um, for us. I think that when we finally came up and asked my mom, she says, well, who cares? He was never in your life. Uh, I've lived in the same address all my life. He has our phone number. If he cared about you, don't you think you would have gotten a birthday card every year? So those things started playing in my mind. Which she's correct. I mean, I've lived here all my life. Why would he not send a birthday card? Why wouldn't he call? Why wouldn't he come see us? Later on in life, I think I was uh, 17, um, this is when my mom threw me out the house and whatever. And was when I first got to see my dad. I went to New York. I got to see my dad. I met him. Um, I gave him a hug. When we first saw each other, it was just a hug. But I think after that, I think I was so messed up mentally that I basically told my dad, go fuck off. You know, yeah. I didn't want a relationship at that time with him. Um, I know that for a very long time, he tried to reach out, um, but I, I didn't want nothing to do with him. I do have relationships with family on his side, um, but no, no relationship with him. I don't have a relationship with my mom because of a lot of lies, um, and alienation. So, so let's go back to when you were younger and you know right after you found out about this and you were dealing with this and one of the things you said that kind of caught my caught my interest there is you were basically a really good student and then you found out this secret and your grades dropped and that's something you know that's something that we see a lot in these single family households primarily mother led households and i'm not i'm not knocking on your mother or anything like that it's just this is a fact it's a statistic that is out there that 
you know, children that are in these kind of situations, they don't have good grades. They're not good students. They run the risk of a lot of different things, drug, alcohol abuse, teen pregnancy. I mean, the list goes on. My mom was an alcoholic, okay? So I never wanted to be anything like her. So I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. I never did any of those things, uh, thankfully. But I was a troubled student. And what I mean by that was I was getting into a lot of fights, physical Mm -hmm. fights Mm -hmm. with other children. Like if they looked at me the wrong way, like it was more like I had a chip on my shoulder. And the things I was going on at home, I was bringing into school. So from an A1A student, um, I was in the honor roll society. I was in everything. Uh, I went to an F3, F student. I hardly even went to school. I would skip school. And not to do anything, but to read books. I would go to Barnes and Nobles, and I would read books. Um, my dad wore glasses. So if I was like by my mom, she'd be like, oh, take off your glasses. I don't want to see you with your glasses on. You remind me of that, of the deadbeat. So was this was this after you? So this was after you guys found out that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So she's channeling that anger and directing it towards you, basically. Once everything was out in the open, it was oh, do you know that your dad doesn't love you because you have bad grades? Um, He has another set of of daughters who are beautiful and who he loves. He wants nothing to do with you ever. So imagine I'm 11, 12, just found out that my stepdad is not my biological dad and to then feel or think that my biological dad wanted nothing to do with me, had no love for me, um, didn't care enough to say, to pick up the phone and say, happy birthday or how are you doing? So it was a lot. So she's, wow. So she's, she's completely poisoning your mind, your 12 year old mind. Damn. And your sister. So much so that the cycle does continue on. And and I was just going to say there's another there's another plot twist yeah. to this story that involves your sister. Yeah, my sister has two kids, beautiful niece and nephew. I've only got to see them three times uh, until they were three years old is when I got to see them because she also kept them away from me, my niece and my nephew, because she kept them away from their dad, their biological dad, um, because... She, he cheated on her she didn't want to be with him and the way to manipulate everyone around her was keeping the kids away so yeah unfortunately right now they're going to court uh they tried to do uh therapy um so like reunification therapy or just therapy in general no reunification reunification but my nephew was also doing therapy because he's had uh like suicidal type of conversations and things like that. He doesn't listen to my sister. My sister has another young kid, uh, a different father, same. The father's not involved in his life either. Um, and basically he hits him or he abuses him. He hits his younger sister. So she's having like a difficult time right now. And And even though the dad wants to be there, and even though the dad is fighting to be there, she is she won't no she is horrific wow Um, so she's gone she's gone from being alienated as a child to now being the alienator as an adult to her kids yeah it's and so many people it it, 
amazes me, Mary. So many people do not understand that this is such a vicious cycle. It's a generational trauma that continues on. It really is. You know, it, chances are very good that if you were alienated as a child, you're going to do it as, as an adult. And your sister is a prime example oh, of that. 100%, um, which is why we probably don't have a, you know, a relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't have a relationship with none of my family because I don't agree with yeah. that. Um, I'm completely against it. As a matter of fact, I don't have kids of my own because of that. I said, well, I want to have kids with a partner that I trust, with a partner that, you know, is going to be there that I can rely on. You know, it's not always the dads that are deadbeat. There are women yeah. that are deadbeat out there, unfortunately. And me being a woman, I, I'm saying that. Like, it's almost like it's a movement of alienation for these women that are just constantly doing this. And the reason I think that they do it is not because they don't love their children. I believe that these women do love their children. They just hate the fathers of the children that much yeah. more. Yeah. And it's against the father not knowing that at the same time they're hurting the kids. Well, and then, and then you can dip into a lot of psychological aspects of this kind of relationship. And I've posted about it many, many times. It's called the devouring mother, basically. Um, so it's, it's on my Instagram. You can go check it out. But there's a lot of psychological shit that goes into something like this. And you're right. It is a nationwide thing. I've been doing this for almost a decade. And the number of fathers that I have ran into that were legitimate deadbeats, it's very few, very few. I mean, I, I can count them on one hand. The rest of them were just guys that wanted to be a part of their children's lives, but because it didn't work out with mom, they were being kept from their children, yeah. which is very unfortunate. Yeah. But that is the sad reality of it. Yep. Also, my uncle, he's a Navy SEAL. You guys, you had a great podcast yesterday talking about <laughs> it. My uncle was married to a, um, a Border Patrol police officer. Mm -hmm. And she she had done what she did to my uncle. She had done to seven different other men that were in the service. Holy yeah. Christ. So it's kind of a, yeah, <laughs> kind so of like what we were talking about last night. Correct. And it's something that continues. Actually, the funniest thing, since I was watching your podcast, I'm like, I wonder if that's my uncle's girl, you know, my uncle's <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yep. Because it's so common now, you know? Um, but yeah, my uncle, he's a Navy SEAL. He, um, he was kept away from all five of his kids, you know? Dang. He has two, I think it's, no, three baby mamas. <laughs> <laughs> and all three of them just didn't want him uh, around. I think my, my, the youngest ones, which belong to the, the patrol officer, the border patrol officer, uh, they don't even know what my uncle looks like. And he has like, he had rented, because for Christmas every year he'd buy them gifts and things mm -hmm. like that. He so he rented a thing where he would put all of those uh, gifts so that one day they they would come back and they'd be like, "Why didn't you want to be in my life? What are you talking about?" Like you a storage know? unit kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, a storage unit. For yeah, all I mean, that's reasons. that's so sad and it's so so unnecessary. Uh, I don't understand. I truly don't understand how you can hate your ex. So so much that you screw your children out of the opportunity of having a relationship with them. You know, I've documented my own personal journey 
through the process. And there are videos on, on it. And I would never in a million years do that to my son's mother. No matter how badly she treated me, I never did that to her. And I don't understand why so many women go and do that. It just, it blows me away. It's something I think is something that clicks in their brain and they're like, well, you know what? He broke me. I'm going to break his children because that's what's going to hurt him. Well, and it's it's like they don't understand that at some point in time, that child is going to be an adult and there are going to be some very difficult questions that as a mother, she is going to have to answer. Definitely. Uh, To this day, I, I, I don't have, like I said, a relationship with my mother. Um, I'm sure she refused to answer any of my questions. Um, but I think I've made peace with yeah. it. I think as an adult, you have to self-heal. And you know what? what? Forgive. I forgave her. I forgave him. I don't know their story. Um, I'm sure that most of the stories were a lie. I even My mom, when she had me, just to give you a little background, when she gave birth to me, she stayed paralyzed. Um, my sister and I are 11 months apart. So one of the stories was the reason why she got pregnant again was that he raped her. Now, I don't know if that's true. I wasn't there. Um, But that's how my sister became, you know, she was born out of a rape from what my mother says. Um, Honestly, it didn't make me hate him more. It didn't make me dislike him less. Right now, as an adult, hey, I have to forgive. Because if I didn't forgive, then I would be that bitter person. And my sister is that person because she hasn't forgiven. Um, you have to start with forgiving yourself, I guess, for for feeling this way towards someone that you don't know. Because I hated my dad, like, with a passion. So um, let, let me ask you this. So you find the you, you and your sister find the child support check. You go to your mom, and your mom finally fesses up and says, hey, this is actually your dad, you know, you're stepdad is not your real dad going forward did she just right away start filling your head with poison yes or was it kind of like a gradual oh so it just started right right away yes i asked her um why wasn't he part of our lives and it was oh because he has two beautiful girls that um actually behave or like she would pick something that we didn't do like for instance if i didn't make my mother's bed correctly she would say, oh, that's why your dad doesn't love you. That's why your dad doesn't want to be in your life because he has a daughter that actually knows how to make a bed. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it, so it wasn't just trashing your dad. It was taking things that you were doing yeah. that she wasn't happy with Correct. and saying, well, your dad has kids that do this better. Right. So, oh, I, I oh was, that is was, cold. So I, I was corrected. I, I think I suffer from OCD because of that. Like, If something is not perfect, I'm not okay. Or in my mind, I'm saying to myself, my mom would think that this is not good enough or this is not perfect. So anything I I do, I try to do to perfection. Like my mom would be happy with this. Oh, if like, let's say if I clean the television, oh, I missed a spot. Then I got to clean everything again. You know, so it stayed with me, um, unfortunately. So is is that still that that mentality is still a part of your adult life today? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, also, like, for instance, like, because my mother maybe once or twice told me that she loved me. So 
my way of showing people love is doing things for them, favors. So a lot of people would take advantage of me because, oh, I'm a, yes, I can do it for you. Yes, I got you. Yes, don't worry about it. Because it's, a, and it's a psychological thing of people uh, pleasing. So that's a, and yeah, that's your love language, yeah, basically. It's, it's me trying to please my mom through all these people. Um, I've broken that because I, I recognize it. I recognize that it was an issue for me. Um, and it has hurt me in past relationships. It has hurt me. Um, so now I don't do that. So now when I, when I start seeing that I'm either giving too much, I'll step back and say, you know what? I can't be that person. You know, I can't do this or I can't do that because if not, they will use me or, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible, but it, I call it buying love. You know, yeah. you do favors to buy love, for people to love you, for you to feel loved. And that was something that bothers me. It, it, it still bothers me. Sometimes I have to like talk to myself and talk myself out of doing things so that I don't continue doing them. And I'm so sorry that, I'm so sorry that your mom imparted that into you. That's, that's not fair on so many different levels, man. But that is just to show a little bit of light on what a parent or I'm not I'm not going to say a woman because it could be a dad too that alienates his, his kid from the mm -hmm. mother. But that is the story of someone that's being alienated. A child that's being alienated is going through these things. Is is scared because whatever mom says or whatever dad says or the person, let's let's just put the person in charge of that child. Whatever that guardian says to this alienated child is what it is, is yeah. that reality for that child. Whether they be scared of speaking the truth, whether they're being groomed to lie about the other parent, because that was something that happened with me as well. Uh, whether it be a manipulation. Oh, you don't love me. Yes, I do. <clears throat> oh, if you love me, you would do this, you know, or just the fact of you cannot be anyone without me in your life. No. You know? That's the so, devouring mother right there. You know, that's that, that's that, uh, oh gosh, what's the term for it? Uh, I can't think of the term for it, but yeah, look it up and that'll, yeah. that'll tell you all about that's it. But right. yeah, oh man, I couldn't, yeah. you know, I couldn't imagine what that would be like for, you know, you or any child growing up with that hanging over your head because there's so much pressure on a child as is already growing up and to have that added on there you know trying to please your over overbearing parent regardless of whether it's a mother or a father because you are correct you know not every alienating parent is a mother there are fathers that do it as well but i couldn't imagine the strain that that would put on you as a child it puts a lot lot of pressure on you well on me at least it did um and the pressure only in i guess when you get older when the pressure bursts that bubble of pressure bursts um you become distant you become yeah. you shy away you thankfully you know i had my grandparents that you know gave me a good foundation where i didn't turn to drugs but my sister did. My sister turned to coke or weed or whatever, you know, or alcohol. 
but I didn't, you know? So yeah. my, 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 I think my biggest downfall was pleasing people, a people pleaser, unfortunately. Uh, that made me like a weak person. Um, and I, and, and mostly I think that when children are alienated, they feel powerless yep. because I felt powerless for a very long time. And then when they finally break from there, they don't know who they are. Yep. I didn't know who I was. I didn't have, I didn't know what were my likes because you know what? It was whatever my mom liked. I didn't know what were my, my dislikes because you know what? It was whatever anybody in my family disliked. Yep. So I didn't have my, my own lights and I didn't have my own this well and and that, that makes that makes perfect sense because in your formative years when you should have been discovering yourself when you should have been discovering who Mary was and what Mary liked and what Mary didn't like you weren't able to no you were forced down this path of okay it's whatever mom likes it's whatever mom doesn't like it's whatever the family likes or doesn't like and you yourself were completely shunted out correct it wasn't until I think my late 20s was when I started discovering Mary, when I started to heal, when I started to realize that I'm not that weak person. I'm, because had I been weak, I would have been doing worse things. You get what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm, in the end, I'm proud of who I've, I've blossomed to be. But it was work. It's a lot of work to break a cycle, a mental cycle, because I wasn't, it was emotional abuse. It was mental abuse and it was physical abuse. My mom beat the living shit out of me if, if I just looked at her wrong, you know, and I had, I was defend, defenseless. I had no one there to defend Can me. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Do you think your mom loved you? I think that's such a great question. Um, I think she, she did or does. I just don't think she knows how to show it and the only reason i say i think she does love me or or maybe doesn't is because when there were there were some times like christmas times where okay so from thanksgiving all the way to new year's my mom was a different person my mom was the most loving person you could ever meet uh she really went out for christmas for us so I think in that one month, she showed me every year, she showed me she can actually love me. She can actually put me first. She can actually be a good mom. So I think that maybe magical Christmas spirit, I guess, um, showed me that my mom was capable of being a good mom to me and to my sister. Um, but once New Year's was over, it was 11 months of hell all over again. Do do you know, do you know how she grew up? Do you know if that her background, if she grew up in this kind of situation? No, my my mom was actually adopted by my grandparents. And that's another story that we can talk about. She was adopted by my grandparents. My grandfather couldn't have kids. So my mom, my grandmother in New York, she was a foster mother. Um, I know that, um, my my mom's real mom was a druggie and sold drugs and things like that and so was her father and they lost my mom and i guess some other sisters and brothers from my mom's side and my grandparents ended up adopting my mother 
So, but my mother, my I don't know if my grandmother was abusive to her. She was never to me. So I cannot, I cannot speak on her childhood. But okay. my uncle, my uncle David always spoke greatly about my grandmother. And he even said it himself. Like, I don't understand why your mother turned out to be like this. If we were always loved, my grand, like he would always say, my parents always loved us. And that's another thing. When I was 13, remember I said I started, you know, doing really bad yeah. with grades. Yeah. So the only people that, you know, could make me a better person or, or give me some sort of hope were my grandparents. And one day we were sitting at this table. I will never forget it. Um, and my mother was talking about how I've let her down that this was the reason why my dad was not around, that how can he love somebody like me with bad grades, a stupid girl, right? And then I find out, and then she says, and on top of everything, you love a woman that's not even your blood. I was like, hmm. like what? And she, and that's how I found out. Oh, okay. about it. So she was like, I don't understand why you love your grandmother. She's not your real grandmother. I can take you away from her right now and you will never see your grandmother again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dang, man. <laughs> so a lot of hard stuff, you know, and unfortunately it is what alienation does to, to, to children because yeah. even though, you know, it's all manipulation, it's all out of fear and whatever fear it is that you have your biggest fear that's what they're going to use against you as a child my biggest fear was my mom taking me away from my grandparents my biggest fear was her tearing up my books that i would love to read if i didn't do something and if i was sick with a fever oh god forbid i still would have to get up and basically do my mom's laundry cook for her or clean the house or she would have me stand like this with my two hands like this with all her makeup while she applied makeup in like a mirror it was a water water floor mirror yeah i would stand there just like this with my hands like this with her makeup while she applied her makeup yeah dang man it was traumatizing but look i'm here i'm a rock star you know i don't i don't condone that type of behavior uh, which is why I don't have a relationship with my sister. Um, it is what it is. And these women, hopefully my story gets out there and teaches these women, hey, stop doing what you're doing. It's stupid. Yeah, it is stupid because, you know, they can see firsthand in you telling your experience about what it was like being that child, what it's doing to their children. Right. Right. And maybe they don't see it now because the children isn't going to express right now how they yeah. really feel. But in the later years, when they're 13, 14, 15, 16, and they can finally, you know, get on the reins and express themselves, oh, they'll let you know. Cause I, yeah, I, and, I, and not in a good way either. No. Hopefully, you know? hopefully these kids, you know, don't touch drugs and things like that. Like I said, I'm very lucky that I didn't go down that path. But not many children are as lucky as I am. Yeah, so it's when they, go ahead. yeah. We we just see a lot of it in society today. I look at society and I see just how screwed up society is, and I wonder 
how much of that tracks back to this very topic that we're talking about yeah. right now? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I did want to talk about my cousin. I think I, I it was a conversation yes. that you briefly had. Yep. Um, I have a cousin who's right now in, he, he filed suit against her. He finally listened to me and filed suit against the mother. Uh, my cousin, he is a loving guy. He was the, the number one dad in my book. Uh, what he did for my little cousin was, wow, okay? He paid about $1,200 in child support every month. On top of that, he paid for her, she lived with her mother. So she paid for the mortgage there, half of the mortgage so that they wouldn't lose the house mm -hmm. and so that his daughter would have a roof over her head, okay? And he paid half of the school, the school supplies and half of the uh, uniforms for his daughter. He would pick her up every day from school because the mother uh, is a nurse. And he would pick her up every day from school. He will have her till like midnight and then he will take her to the mom's house. So she lived like from 6 p.m. Well, no, I'm lying. From like 3 p.m. to like midnight with dad. And from midnight to six in the morning with mom and then school in between. But most of the time he was with dad. She was with dad until two years ago. So two years ago, she started dating my cousin's best friend. And I'm talking about best friends for since they were in third grade. When we were all growing up, we were, we all grew up together and um, she started dating him. So obviously, my cousin has an issue with his best yeah. friend now. His name is his name is Bobby. Understandable. Um, so Bobby and him are fighting now. The reason why she dated Bobby was because she still wanted a relationship with my cousin. Meanwhile, my cousin is dating another girl. Her name is Jessica. And then what she does is she tells my cousin, "If you can't get along with Bobby, you're not going to come see the, your daughter." And that happen mm. then he goes takes her to court he tries to um he's waiting for her court date while he's waiting for a court date it's been a year now he still hasn't been able to see his daughter all they do is sometimes talk on the phone because grandmother allows her to talk to her dad on the phone or facetime or whatever and that's the only type of relationship he now has with his daughter meanwhile he's still paying all that child support and everything damn so her birthday comes up and the mother the mother's birthday comes up and they go to a trip on um to georgia they ride some atvs something happened where an accident happened an atv went into the a lake or a river or something like that my little cousin drowned oh yeah no so she died and the last time my my cousin was able to talk to her was maybe a week before that trip Man, yeah. her birthday was this past. Uh, her it would have been her ninth birthday. It was on January twenty seventh. She would have turned nine, and he didn't know that his daughter had passed away until two days after the fact. Jeez, how did he uh, find out? Uh, because the police, the police were doing an uh, an investigation. They found her body. They contacted him. She didn't even have the decency to call my cousin and let him know. So he, Man. 
he flo he flies down to to, to Atlanta. Basically, yes, that's my daughter. And, and like maybe two weeks later, tries to commit suicide. He hmm. he didn't attempt. Uh, he attempted, but he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't win, successful. No, he wasn't successful. Thanks, Dad. Um, but he was in a coma for maybe five months. It was very difficult on all of us. And how is he? How is he doing now? He's a bit better. He's mad, obviously. Um, but I think he's he's a lot better now. Um, with my my aunt's care, because now my aunt or any one of us don't we don't really let him out of our sight. Um, but till this day, this girl never even apologized to him. Never even said, "Hey, I'm sorry." And she probably won't. And she won't. She won't. You know, that's the and, unfortunate part. So now he's suing her obviously. good yeah good i told him soon yeah um and let's see what happens i'll keep you updated on that hopefully he wins and and she gets well and she deserves and please send my information to him if he ever needs to talk or vent you know because that's one of the biggest services that i provide is just the ear to listen to these guys yeah he did really he did really really bad after my his I say my niece, but it's my little cousin. When his daughter died, he did I, really bad. You know, I th I think about when I hear stories like this. You know, I think about how I would have reacted in a situation like that. Man, you might as well lock me up and throw away the key because I'd be done. Yeah. yeah, I think I think any parent would go crazy, and and all because she alienated or was keeping him away from his daughter a loving father and this story the only reason i'm sharing it and obviously asked for his permission before i did <laughs> is to show hey tomorrow is not promised yeah you're you having this fight with this dad you're alienating your daughter or your son away from the dad or vice versa the dad from the mother and all in all you don't know if tomorrow your child is going to yeah. be here but because of a freak accident can happen to anyone and you that parent didn't get to say goodbye that child didn't get to feel the love that that parent had for him children have the right to their to every parent or to they do or to any family yeah. member that is going to be there and love them and give absolutely. them absolutely you know when when people hear about my story and they hear about how i did not treat my son's mother the way she treated me a lot of people can't understand why I didn't I didn't get her back why I didn't do what she did to me when I had the chance and you know my answer is always the same you know I say look you know my son didn't get to choose who his parents are he didn't get to choose his mom he didn't get to choose his dad he was just born into this and he loves his mom just as much as he loves his dad and it's not fair to him to have to pick or to be pulled to one side and be forced away from, you know, either parent, right. you know, he didn't get to choose any of that. So I'm not going to do that to him. And it, it would amaze you how many people just boom, it goes right over their head. They don't get it. They have this tit for tat mentality. Yeah. I'm just like, no, dude, it's not about that. It's not about getting her back. It's not. It's about, Hey, let's try to find a happy medium. We don't have to like one another. 
you don't have to say I love you to me, but let's be okay with one another enough to help each other raise this child to be the best version of him or herself. Yeah. Um, that's what it's all about. And that's what it should be. At the end of the day, you these two people, parents, whatever, at one point you liked each other enough to fuck mm -hmm. and then have a child. Yep. And then when it was, what, and it wasn't working out and things got hard, you forgot that you had, had this fucking child that didn't ask you, hey, I need you guys to bring me to this world. No, that child did not ask for yep. that. You know, the child is here now. Not, and she or he didn't get to pick the parents, but you did. You got to pick the partner yep. to have the child with. That's so exactly now, it. So now either live with it or let, let it go. I mean, uh, yeah. At some point, you got to figure your shit out and realize that, you know, as much as you hate that person, you know, you're destroying your child in the process by doing that. And is it really worth it? Because it all tracks back to one day, your child's going to be old enough to start figuring this shit out. And they're going to come back and ask a lot of hard questions. Or if you're lucky, they'll ask the questions. If not, you're going to lose that relationship with your child. And is it worth it in the long run? 100%. A hundred percent. And like you said earlier, I'm in a relationship with someone that is being alienated. Yep. From that's child. the other part I was, that's the other part I wanted to bring up. You are in a relationship with a person that's alienated and he was on this very podcast. Yeah. Josh. Josh um, was on this podcast and talked about his situation. And I'm curious because you grew up in that sort of environment where you were alienated. Does this trigger you? seeing yeah. what he is going through and how do you deal with that a hundred percent it triggers me it's not an easy thing to see because he has really bad days so it puts me like oh my god was my dad going through this yeah you know i didn't give my dad a chance or an opportunity and my heart breaks for him because it's like oh my god what if his daughter is like me and doesn't give him an opportunity to even express or, or show that, hey, I was here fighting for you all the time. And he has either really good days or really bad days. The really bad days is as soon as she texts him on some bullshit. <laughs> well, let's be real. Let's be honest. You know, 99% of the time, the texts that fathers do get that are in this kind of situation are, for lack of a better term, bullshit. Yeah. Like she says, okay, the the most recent one is, oh, you're harassing me because he's asking questions about his daughter. So Which she has a right to yeah. do. So like, let's say he asked her, oh, what did she do today? How was she, you know, can I FaceTime her? This, this, and that. Like, let's say they have a, I guess a time where they can text one another mm -hmm. from 530 to 630. I believe Communication time. Yeah. yeah. But the communication from what I know is for the FaceTime with, with his daughter. Doesn't talk about any other conversations that they can have outside of that about their daughter. So he'll text her, like he works for the city or for the county and he'll text her when he's like down and he's like, okay, my day is over and he can finally relax. So if he texts her at eight o'clock, it's harassing. Mind you, they talk through this app that's called uh, Talking Parents. Talking Parents. Yeah, yeah, it's like Talking Wizard and Family Court stuff. Yeah. 
Yes, to the family's courts. Um, supposedly, she doesn't get notifications. <laughs> she gets notifications. I can yeah. promise you that. So she constantly says uh, she doesn't get the notifications and asks him to text her on her regular messages to let her know that he's, he texts her through the, the freaking talking parent. And that's the thing. If he is not, like, say he has an RO or a TRO or something like that, and he can only go through one approved form of communication, which is this talking wizard, she's trying to set him up. Yeah, because if he goes outside of that and goes on personal text, email, phone call, whatever the case may be, he's going to get in trouble yeah. because he's not abiding by it. So now uh, she's calling it harassment. Um, you know, he, if he said it on the podcast. There was insinuation of him touching his daughter. Yes. Which was yeah, a lie. He brought that up. Yep. I, that was a lie, 100%. Uh, then it was... He hit his daughter. He screams at his daughter. I've been around him in maybe the two times that I've seen that he has had his daughter. This man is a helicopter over his daughter. He wants to make sure everything is perfect. Uh, we had a gallon of milk that maybe two days ago I had bought. He said, oh, no, that's not good enough for my daughter. Went back to the store and bought her a new gallon of milk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling him, dude, that, that milk is so good. He's like, no, 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 it has to be perfect. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he is that parent. Well, and that and that's father. the sign of a good father that wants yeah. to make sure everything is perfect, like you said. And to getting back about what you were saying about the allegations, I was telling him, you know, that's that is another very common tactic in the the family court universe. It's called the silver bullet technique, and basically what it is is you file these allegations, whether it's sexual abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, against the father because that's primarily who it happens to and that if if you get a judge a dim-witted judge that will just buy into the bullshit man your visitation rights are gone before you eat. you don't even know until after the fact and it takes fathers out left and right and it's one of those diabolical fucking things that uh divorce lawyers and family court lawyers are coaching mothers to do because they know it's a guaranteed win I believe that 100%. Like, sometimes I'll tell him, fight back. Tell her something. Tell her, you know, what it is. Give her the facts. And he's like, no, because I can get in trouble. I'm like, yeah. but she's, she literally calls him a deadbeat father. Yeah. Oh, or the money that you give is not enough for your daughter. Or, but hold on. That's what the court ordered him to, to pay. Yeah. So yeah. not only that, but uh, then she, she, she gets these jobs from what I've seen or from based on my opinion where she gets paid a limited amount of money and works a limited uh, amount. And there's of a time. reason why for that. Yeah. There's a reason for that yeah. because if she stays, you know, say the poverty level is right here and she's hovering right at or below the poverty level, you know, she's keeping most likely, I would guess it's to keep welfare at some one of one of the welfare systems. Oh, yeah. Keep it in oh, check she lives, so she's below it. She lives with her parents. I don't think she pays rent there. I don't know. But he has bills. Yeah. So she says, oh, you make uh, a double of what I make. And how can I pay for all of these bills for my daughter? And you you can't give me such and such amount when I need it. First of all, he lives paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, his bills are all accounted for. He does live, 
you know, very a frugal lifestyle. Does he want to give his daughter that Gucci purse? Of course he does. Can he? No. Yeah. So what she'll do is, is like, oh, he showed me the list for uh, school when school started. I don't know what kid needs a $35 lunchbox. Do you? In kindergarten. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, he, no. He had to pay her half. Not only that, but then he gave, she gave him, I think, 48 hours to come up with money that he didn't even know he had to come up with. And then his attorney basically bullied him and said, hey, if you don't do this by Friday, we're going to go to court or whatever. Da, da, da. Long story short, he had to get a, I think it was a loan. And yep. then he got a loan, paid it, then got another loan. He's been on this loan since 2022. Because he has to pay, like, he gets out a loan and then pays it back. But then yeah. to be able to pay for his stuff, he has to get out another loan. Yeah, and, and it's it, it's such a vicious cycle. And, you know, from somebody who is outside of this fucked up little universe we inhibit, you know, and they have never been to the family court, they've never been a part of that, they don't understand right. everything that we're talking about. Like what you're saying when you tell him to fight back and he's like, I, I, I can't fight back. Yeah. You know, and that's very true because... There is so little leeway that the family court gives these guys. And mom, as you have seen firsthand, mom can get away with literally murder, for lack yeah, of a better 100%. term. And he lies on Yeah, him. and oh he can't God. do anything because what little bit of anything that he has is at risk of being taken yeah. from him. Not only that, like if he asked for her progress report, like I think... Both times that she's gotten her progress report, she won't tell him. He won't find out until yeah. months later. Yeah. And then until after the fact. Yeah. So then when he's telling her these things, oh, uh, I think he wanted a teacher-parent conference because um, he wanted to get to the root of the issue or something like that. And she told him, no, I already took care of it. So he has no input. He has no say. He can't talk about her education he can't give his opinion because it's i'm the mother and your opinion doesn't matter yeah me it's my way or the highway yeah. basically kind of thing for christmas he said i want to go and take her her christmas presents she says oh you can drop them off at the porch and he said no he's like i want to see her <laughs> yeah so she was like well then i just return all the christmas presents because you're not gonna Damn. see her and then she, you know, and then she'll say, "Oh, you don't give uh, my daughter." I, I almost said her name. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you don't give our daughter gifts for for her Christmas, for birthdays, or anything like that. How do you expect this man to give a gift to his daughter when you're taking away the right for him to 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 visit her or yeah. see her? Yeah. Oh, it's just it's just games that these women play. You know, I'm of the opinion that when you have a situation like that and you have a high conflict mother that is doing that, it's because they want to push so hard and so far that at some point the dad is going to get upset. He's going to get frustrated, whatever the case may be. And a lot of these dads, they, they end up walking away because you know they can't do anything. I'm so happy that you said that. And this is sad because I come from alienation. But I have told him, dude, yeah. give up. L leave it alone. Walk away. And, and maybe for selfish reasons. 
because in our relationship, we don't have a relationship. Yeah. There's been many times where I have said, you know what? I'm done. I can't deal with it. I cannot deal with your depression. I can't. I'm, I have a life to live too. You know, this is unfair to me as the third person seeing all this. Yeah. I have, I'm the one that has to deal with his depression. I'm the one that is helping him, um, you know, seek financial assistance to gain an attorney because right now he's at almost losing his daughter, you know? No, without yeah. an attorney, he's going to possibly lose his daughter, and that's sad. So imagine if right now he hasn't lost his daughter 100%. Imagine what he does. My relationship is in shambles. That's how I see it because he, I'm a very, like, happy, go lucky, let's, you know, sun. Oh, the sun is shining, and he is more like, I don't care that the sun is shining. Yeah. I don't it's, have my daughter. It's pissing down rain. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have my daughter. And I said, what, you know, you can't let this get you down. And I, I don't understand, but I understand. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, from- you know in, in situations like this, this is how quote unquote deadbeats are created, you know, because you cannot expect a father to be denied at every turn, being able to be a part of their children's lives and not have them walk away yeah, because it does happen in droves. A hundred percent. And he's told her before. He said, you tell me that I'm not there. You tell me that I'm not a dad, but you don't allow me to be a dad. You don't give me the opportunity to be a dad. And from what I know, as far as when they first started, uh, when she first had the baby, she wouldn't take care of her daughter. She'd be sleeping all day because she didn't work. Yeah, that's what he told me. Yeah, he was working three to four jobs and he's shown me proof. So everything, and when she threw him out the house, her parents' house, uh, she kept a lot of his belongings yeah. that, 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 you know, he couldn't get. Did he also tell you that he turned in a car? Like, I think it was a Jaguar to get her a minivan. No, so he didn't tell me that, yeah, but I, so I believe it. Yeah, but he's a deadbeat and he's yeah. the asshole and he doesn't want to be there for the for his daughter. No, he's only there for your daughter when you allow him to be because you want money. Yeah. Because 100% when she needs money, She's right there. She's right there. Hey, hey, your daughter needs this and your daughter needs that. But when when it's not the case, nope, can't see your daughter. Did he tell you the time that uh, his daughter had seizures and she she had to take her to the hospital? I want to say he did, but I do not remember 100%. His daughter had had seizures. Uh, She took her to the hospital. He found out two days later. Oh, he did. Tell me that. Yes, he did. Now that. Yep. 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 So things like that, like, and then he begged her for a full week, please let me go see my daughter at the hospital. Uh, She doesn't have to see me because she, the the excuse is, oh, you know, your daughter's scared of you. Yep. I don't, I don't. Yeah. He did tell me that. Yeah. That's fuck, man. That's unfortunate. You know, and with that, Mary, that's bringing us to the end of this episode. What is one thing because we've got a lot of people coming in and out, a lot of people listening to this, um, a lot of women. Mary, what is one thing that you would tell somebody out there, potentially a mother, that is dabbling in this sort of shit? What would be something that you could tell them? Don't do it to your child. You're doing it to your, your child, not to the father. You're not hurting anyone but your child. And if you really love your child, you'd stop. 
get your life together, mature, and work something out with the dad. Even if you don't like each other, you don't have to, but be there for each other for the child. Yeah, wise words. Mary, you are a rock star for having dealt with everything that you're dealing with. Um, I appreciate you more than you can imagine. Please stay by his side if possible. He needs you. Uh, definitely. As, as difficult as it is, I know. But we'll see. You know, God, God has too far. Yep. And please let me know if there's anything I can do for you. And like I said earlier, please give my information to your cousin. I would love to talk to him. All right. Bye, guys. All right, Mary. Take care. Have a great weekend. All right, guys. That was Mary. Quite the story. That's one thing we don't hear about on this podcast or in general. We don't hear about the adults that experienced alienation as a child and how that has influenced their life and their relationships. Um, So, yeah, Mary's an absolute fucking rock star. You know, I wish her and John nothing but the best josh was on this podcast this very podcast a couple of episodes ago so that is going to wrap up this episode of the father's truth i am going to do a quick turn and burn and i will be back in 30 minutes with another episode we'll see you guys real shortly Thank you for joining us and listening to The Father's Truth. If you would like to be a guest or know someone with a story that needs to be heard, email Alan Donovan now at the Father's Truth at SohoMail.com.